You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV 2 News podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. Hi, welcome to the Baby Your Baby podcast. I'm Holly Menino, and we are so lucky because we have Lauren Ekoff here. Our topic today is genetic testing and what you need to know about it. So Lauren is here. She's a genetic counselor, maternal fetal medicine, and she's with Intermountain Healthcare. So Lauren, give us a quick introduction of yourself. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, Like Holly said, my name is Lauren. I'm a genetic counselor who works in prenatal counseling. So I work as a part of maternal fetal medicine with Intermountain Healthcare. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit today about what my job consists of and and if genetic counseling is right for you. Yeah. And really the big question is, should you have genetic counseling when you're pregnant? So uh, Lauren, let's get right to it. What options are available for pregnant women to find out about genetic abnormalities for their unborn baby? Yeah, so there are recommendations out there that state that every single pregnant woman should be offered either screening or testing for common genetic conditions, things like Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to think of it that these conditions fall, or these tests fall into two different categories, either screening tests or diagnostic tests. Yeah, so break those down for us. Yeah. So that's kind of how you feel that they kind of go out to, the screening test, diagnostic test. So break them down for us. Yeah, so screening tests, they come in a lot of different names, a lot of different forms, a lot of different procedures, honestly. But essentially, the core of screening tests is that they're non-invasive, okay? Mm -hmm. They're going to pose no risk at all to the pregnancy or to the baby. Um, And they can give you a a general sense of whether or not you're at high risk for certain conditions or whether you fall into a low-risk category. When it comes to screening tests, what conditions are they looking for? Yeah, so we think of common chromosome conditions. Mm -hmm. Most familiar... Most people are familiar with Down syndrome. Um, not a lot of people know that Down syndrome is caused by an extra chromosome, but it's not something that's typically inherited through families. It just happens in one single egg cell or one single mm-hmm. sperm cell. That's why this type of screening is offered to all pregnant women. Um, and there are some other more rare conditions as well, known as trisomy 18 and spina bifida. Um, but different tests are going to screen for different things. So I've heard trisomy 18 and Down uh-huh. syndrome used the same. Are they are they the same condition or are they different? They're not. So Down syndrome is sometimes called trisomy 21. So the trisomy just refers to the fact that there's one extra chromosome in every cell. And the 21 number kind of tells us which chromosome it is. Mm. So for trisomy 21, it's an extra chromosome 21. For trisomy 18, it's an extra chromosome number 18. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Talk a little bit about the diagnostic tests. They are a more invasive procedure. Yeah, exactly. So that's what separates them from the screen. So whereas the screen is non-invasive, with a diagnostic procedure, we're going into the pregnancy. We're directly sampling from the baby. With a diagnostic procedure, just like the name suggests, there's not going to be wishy-washy high risk or low risk. It's going to give you a diagnosis uh, as close to 100% as we can get, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have different names. Um, One done early on in pregnancy is known as a CVS or a chorionic villus sampling. The other that most people have heard of is known as an amniocentesis. Essentially, both of them are similar in that we're taking a needle and going into the pregnancy and withdrawing some of the sample 
um, that the baby is floating around. And certainly we don't touch the baby or anything mm -hmm. like that, but um, with that sample, we're able to test directly baby's genetic information. And these tests are optional. We want to mention that. These are optional tests. Totally, mm -hmm. totally. I am never going to force any woman ever to have a diagnostic invasive procedure, right? Because these tests do carry a risk for pregnancy loss. That risk is about one in 300 to one in 500. That's what we quote at our facility. Um, but that risk is always there and we're never going to be able to take that away. Yeah, that is there. Mm -hmm. And you let, you let the moms and the dads totally. are coming in know about that. Totally. When might you want to meet with a genetic counselor if you're pregnant or thinking about getting mm -hmm. pregnant? Yeah, so we in prenatal meet with women for a variety of different reasons. Certainly we meet with them um, just for routine screening to discuss, hey, these are the, chrom the chromosome conditions that we can screen for. Here's what the screening looks like. Discuss the risks and benefits of that type of testing. We meet with women who are over the age of 35. We call those advanced maternal age. Lots of women laugh about that term. Um, but we know that the older we get, the increased chance there is for a chromosome condition in the pregnancy. Um, and we might meet with women who have had abnormal ultrasound findings mm -hmm. um, to discuss, hey, how can we get more information about this? What are we thinking this might be uh, associated with? Um, as well as meeting with couples who are pregnant or maybe not, who might have a family history of a genetic condition and just want to talk about, hey, how can we test for this? What does this condition even look like? What are the risks and things like that? What about for women that might have had a pregnancy before? that had a genetic abnormality. Definitely, yeah, we meet with women for that very reason a lot because certainly if you've had a previous pregnancy that's affected with a condition, you're probably wondering what's the chance that this is gonna happen again. Mm -hmm. And we can provide that kind of education, that counseling for those women. Mm -hmm. So when soon-to-be parents come mm -hmm. and meet with you or, or wanna speak to a genetic counselor, what does the counselor do? What can the parents that are listening to this podcast right now expect when they have that first meeting? That's a really good question. Yeah, so a genetic counselor is gonna take you back to their office and, and they're gonna just chat with you. I think often in healthcare, we don't get the chance to really sit down with mm -hmm. our providers and just have a conversation. And I think that's what most genetic counselors try to foster in their um, sessions. So one of the things that's gonna be similar between all genetic counseling sessions is something called the family history or a pedigree. Um, essentially, the genetic counselor is going to ask you different questions about both sides of the family, you and your partner's side. Um, things like, do you have a history of a genetic condition that's running through multiple generations? Um, has anybody in your family been born with a birth defect, like a, a hole in the heart that needs surgery or, or a cleft palate or anything like that? Um, do you have a history of maybe autism or intellectual mm -hmm. disability in any family member? Or is there anybody with multiple miscarriages or pregnancy loss? So they'll just kind of tease out your family and, and they'll document in what we call a pedigree with different symbols representing different people and who's affected and um, kind of provide recurrence risk in a visual uh, mm -hmm. aid type of way. Um, as well as the family history, you know, they'll talk to you about the reason that you're there. Maybe it's for screening, maybe it's to discuss a genetic condition, but genetic counseling is really education-based. Um, so they'll be able to provide a discussion about risks and limitations of testing, maybe provide you with resources for a specific genetic condition, um, and really get you plugged into to what you need as a patient. Um, part of genetic counseling is the fact that we are counselors as well. It's mm -hmm. not just all science. It's it's the psychosocial and emotional stuff too. Yeah, you add emotional support yeah, to those yeah. parents that are going through this or that are seeking out information. Yeah, because as you can imagine, these situations 
oftentimes are super difficult for people. Um, they might have received a diagnosis and they're uncertain about what that's going to look like after baby gets here. You know, with these screens, even with ultrasound, it's often hard to tell what's going on mm -hmm. because baby's inside. We're not going to know exactly what's going on until baby's outside, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so genetic counselors really provide that support, that emotional um, sustenance for patients as well, and, and get them plugged into extra resources if they think they need it. That's really the place for the education, yeah. is meeting with the genetic counselor, doing that appointment, mm -hmm. getting a little bit of support, sure. and then getting all the information totally. that you can expect to get, and not necessarily too much, just enough to be able to educate yourself. Right, right. Um, what kind of training do you have? And do other genetic counselors have? Yeah. You guys are very qualified. <laughs> I like to think so. So genetic counselors, uh, there are 30 different master's programs in the U.S. approximately. Um, so we're all master's trained. Um, and then we are certified as well by a, a standardized board examination that we have to take. And then when should a woman see a maternal fetal medicine genetic counselor? When is a good time for that? That's a super good question. And honestly, that's a very personal personal decision, mm -hmm. right? Some of these screening tests can be done as early as 10 weeks gestation, right? And so wow. if a woman is wondering about their risks for Down syndrome and, and want to know that early on, hey, w we would be happy to see you. You know, um, we don't even need to see you if you're pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. We can see you preconception. Um, Really, a genetic counselor is available throughout the course of a woman's pregnancy, right? Because things change and, mm -hmm. and personal decisions change and things like that. When a woman and, you know, her support system are considering coming to see a mm -hmm. genetic counselor, what are some reasons to do genetic testing? What do we need to let our listeners know? Hmm. So really, again, it all goes back to the personal choice thing, Holly. I mean, some women might say, you know what, this genetic testing, it's not perfect. And so uh, an abnormal result would cause me anxiety, would cause me to worry throughout mm -hmm. the rest of the pregnancy. And I wouldn't want to be faced with a decision to pursue more testing or, or make these difficult choices. And so for some women, they say no thank you to genetic testing. And that's, that's perfectly okay. Um, for other women, they say, you know, I, I would want to know if my baby is going to have a condition yeah. like Down syndrome, mm -hmm. um, whether that be for preparation purposes or, or perhaps they would change how they'd approach the pregnancy. Um, but definitely it's going to be a, a very personal, individualized choice for every couple. And Lauren, how accurate are these screening tests? What's the accuracy rate with these? That's the money question, isn't it? It is. And <laughs> yeah. we, I know that I want to know that, and I think that you yeah. know our listeners want to too. Yeah, definitely. And so, at the very beginning, we discussed there are a whole bunch of different types of screenings. And when you meet with a genetic counselor, it will be his or her job to kind of lay it out. Mm -hmm. Hey, what type of screening is right for you? Certainly, these different screens have different detection rates for uh, chromosome conditions mm -hmm. and the other conditions that they screen for and some of them are going to be a bit better than others um, but certainly the discussion involves you know does insurance cover it sure um, mm -hmm. how long that is, is the money question I know, I know. Right. it is though yeah and so a genetic counselor is kind of qualified to walk you through hey this mm -hmm. test looks for this but it costs this much mm -hmm. you know what is right for you and also too we want to mention too that these are not a hundred percent right Right. right, they are not. No non-invasive screen mm -hmm. is ever going to be 100%. Mm -hmm. um, even diagnostic tests, we say 99.9999% right. right. is anything 100% in life. 
No, we don't think it is. <laughs> right, right. Okay, talk a little bit about, we need to get to the risks of the more invasive genetic testing. You touched on it earlier. Okay. Let's revisit it. Let's. We, we need to let our listeners know. What are sure. the risks if they are considering this and if they do go through with it? Sure, yeah. So we mentioned that these diagnostic tests are invasive. Um, so anytime we're going into the pregnancy, there's a chance that we introduce infection or, or mm -hmm. cause a premature delivery, things like that. Um, we say that the risk is 1 in 300 to 1 in mm -hmm. 500. Okay, so for a lot of women, that sounds like, hey, that's really low. That's not high at all. For some women, I tell them that number and they're like, holy cow. What if I'm not one? <laughs> right, right. right. Mm -hmm. We can't ever take that risk away. And so it, it goes back to the personal choice thing, right, and, and how you view risk. Mm -hmm. yes. But the big thing is that genetic counselors are here to educate and to help. Really? Yeah, yeah, and because it's such a personal decision, we feel really strongly that educating our patients mm -hmm. so that they have all the information that they can make the best decision that's right for them and their partner and, and for the rest of their lives, right? A baby is is a long-term thing. It is a life yeah. decision. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Lauren, thank you so much. This is such good information. Mm -hmm. What did we miss? Is there anything else we need to let our parents know? Yeah, so... I'm thinking probably a lot of our listeners are like, well, I've never even heard of a genetic counselor. Sure. How would yeah. I even go about finding one? Um, I would suggest talking to their OBs um, who can probably get them in touch with a genetic counselor. And alternatively, there is a National Society for Genetic Counselors. They have a website. Um, if you just Google National Society for Genetic Counselors, there's a cool tool that says, find me a genetic counselor. And so for those women that are wondering, hey, I live in a very rural area, where's the closest GC genetic counselor to me? Um, they can definitely hit up that website and get more information there. That is great information. We'll make sure we put the links in the Perfect. notes on this podcast so that they can go and access those and have access to all this great information. Okay, Lauren, Lauren Ecoff, our genetic counselor. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so happy to have you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic you would like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV 2 News podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.